You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us, with us on Real Presence Live today. We greatly appreciate you listening to us today. We've had a great show so far. We've had Beverly Everett from the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra, as well as Steve Ray. I'm Karen Solensky, along with Father Logan Obergewich. We are here at the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck. Beautiful day here today, Father. It is a beautiful day, and I just appreciate being on with you. And I appreciate that you took the time, as one senior is not feeling well. So we are going to go on to our next guest. We have Sarah Swafford on the phone. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. I wish I was in Bismarck with you all. I, um, I People are like, what are your favorite places to travel and do ministry? And I'm like, oh, Bismarck, North Dakota is way, way, way up on the list. You guys, I just love it up there. You guys are just, you're in like God's country. I love it up north. You guys are amazing. It's always wonderful to have you up. Were you just here just a few months ago? I was. I was at Mary and I spoke at St. Mary's High School and hung out at a couple other high schools. Um, it's just a trinity. I, I was up there. I did a lot of fun stuff up there. You guys are so fun. Oh, that's awesome. You're always welcome. Yes. So, <laughs> Thank you. Can you tell us, um, just for our listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? As many, I mean, most people probably do know who you are, but um, many may not. Sure. Well, I'm sitting here in Atchison, Kansas. Um, I live across the street from Benedictine College. My husband is a theology professor there, and we have five kids. Um, They all range from 16 down to three. So I'm actually sitting in my car because that is the quietest place in my entire existence. (laughs) I think every mother out there understands. Um, They always just kind of wave at me from the window. I'm like, hey, I'm still on the phone. I'm still out here. So, um, But, yeah, it's great. I I love doing ministry. Uh, My ministry all started at Benedictine. Gosh, over 10 years ago, I was a dorm director, like a house mom for one of the residence halls, you know, one of the residence halls, and they put me in the freshman women's dorm, so I had 148 freshman college women, and I had two little boys under two, so it was really fun because I got to watch, just like navigating relationships, I kind of got to be up close, and it was also the same time that social media came out. Um, so I'm, I'm of the Oregon Trail generation, so I was born in 1983. So I got through high school and college just barely before, you know, phones and social media and all that stuff. And so I was really on the front lines watching it all come out, you know, as I was living in a college dorm, but also married with little kids. And so it was just a neat way for me to be able to really, you know, gosh, I just felt like, man, this would have really been hard for me. I think social media and texting and just dating and, you know, one of the things I know we're going to talk about today is just perfectionism and competition and insecurities and just that question of am I enough and am I really loved and just all those feelings that you have as a young adult even even into our adult I think it's so funny sometimes we're like oh yeah teens have it bad I'm like I think people in their 40s have it hard too you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I think it's just all of us and people in their pretty much any age the devil loves to poke into old wounds and insecurities and he loves to making us so isolated and alone and so I'm excited to hang out with you guys today. Those are all topics that are dear to my heart, and I just love fighting for people, and I love fighting for people's hearts and helping them sit in the sacred heart of Jesus because that's where the only place you really find peace is really in Him. So. Yeah. 
That's a good point, Sarah. So you just brought up the word perfectionism. And I think when I was in seminary formation, that was a swear word for our, <laughs> for one of our faculty members. She never wanted us to say, you know, perfectionism. And so if, to get into that, uh, you know, do you want to just describe it for us and how you see it kind of played out and how we can kind of battle against perfectionism today? Mm, yeah. Well, I'm so glad we have four hours to talk about, you know, perfectionism <laughs> and, and competition. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just feel like it's one of those things where you, you really could talk about it in so many different ways because it affects all of us. And um, I think our world is really good at convincing us of everything that we're not. Um, and I think our Lord is constantly trying to get our attention and, and have us, you know, have his days upon us and, and really showing us everything that we are. And I just think the Lord, the Lord just fights for our attention and the world just loves to really kind of attack us with just all these lies sometimes. And especially, I think for a lot of people, the lie about their self, you know, their self-worth, their body image, their, you know, just the way they see themselves. Um, sometimes the way we see ourselves is absolutely opposed to the way the Lord sees us, but it's hard to like drown out those, those voices of things that have been said to us or things that have been you know, things that we're being convicted of, even in our childhood, someone said something. And I was bullied so bad in seventh grade, I had to switch schools. And so, you know, I really look at that time, and I didn't really name that wound until I was in college going through my conversion, but that, that wound was really rejection. And, you know, that dismissal and rejection wound is so prevalent, I think, in our lives, because, you know, it can come from even sometimes our own parents, you know, maybe said something that they didn't mean to say or they didn't think we were going to take it negatively but you know somehow it it put us down or it made us see ourselves as less and i think perfectionism really speaks into that wound of like you're just not enough and anything you do is just never going to be enough and and yet we still feel like we have to hustle and work hard and you know earn people's love earn our lord's love and it just puts us in this constant state of restlessness and to be honest a lot of us i think live in a, a state of i'm overwhelmed and i'm you know, I, I, I'm just being burnt out because I just feel like I'm not enough. And and that, again, I know all of our listeners out there, that can mean, you know, a million different things. And, and the way we all process that is different because our, our backstory is different, our childhoods are different, you know, how we navigated our, our different lives and situations through high school or college or even beyond is different. So I'm speaking broadly, but I think everybody, you know, listening now can kind of take those concrete places where we've just really wrestled with, Am I enough and am I truly loved? And um, my husband actually is a theology professor up here at Benedictine, and he's total, you know, good-looking guy, super big nerd, like total nerd. And he actually reads the Bible and the Hebrew and the Greek. Um, he doesn't read it in English anymore, and he's just such a nerd, and I love him for it. And um, and I, I, well, if everybody probably knows the Great Adventure Bible. I hope people know the Great Adventure Bible, that really pretty blue Bible from Ascension. Um, everything that's not the Bible, my husband actually wrote. So he wrote all of those intros and all of those, like, reflections. And um, I, I remember watching him just pour over the scriptures for years and just writing that stuff, and it's really beautiful. But one day I was wrestling with this idea of perfectionism, and I said, the, the, word, the one thing that haunts me is be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Because as a, a firstborn, recovering perfectionistic people pleaser, hi, that's me. Um, welcome, welcome to the, you know, half an hour of perfectionism. I just really struggled with that. So I'm like, I'm never going to achieve that. It makes you want to just like roll over and die. You know, it makes you just want to like take a nap and eat Oreos, you know? So like, I just told Swap, I was like, I really struggle with that one. And he's like, you know what? What's funny is the word perfect 
in the Greek is actually more closely associated with the word whole. Like, our Lord wants us to be whole as our Heavenly Father is whole. Hmm. And I was like, well, then why didn't they just write whole? You know, I'm just kidding. But, like, you know, the word perfection and perfect just really stresses, I think, the modern American out, you know? Whereas, like, if you think about it as the Lord wants you to be caught up in His wholeness, He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to be complete. He wants you to not be lacking. He wants you to be, you know, to sit in that fullness that is Him. To not feel like you have holes where the devil can poke into those holes, like for healing, for wholeness. Dude, I just feel my whole life relax. You know, it's like, who doesn't want that? Mm -hmm. But the word perfection really stresses us out. And so that's something that I, I personally have been working with, and I work with a lot of people on that as well, just to see that. Because it changes the way we can sit with our Lord when... I mean, yes, it's still perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. That's still real. But just sitting with it in a different way and kind of seeing it in a different way, I think, really helps a lot of us take that deep breath. Yeah, that's that's so good. You know, you're so you're speaking about the self-worth and moving from this perfectionist perfectionism to wholeness. And as all of us baptized in Christ, we are children of God. And I think that's a good place to start with our self-worth because that's where we find our our identity. And I think, um, you know, a life-changing thing for me was at the Institute for Priestly Formation, and they have this simple acronym of RIM, Relationship, Identity, and then Mission. Oftentimes, as Americans, we like to place mission first, and that's where I receive my identity. So if I do something really well, like play sports really well, then I'm my identity, I feel a lot of self-worth. I'm doing well, but if I'm not doing so hot on something, then I'm not a good person. So it kind of gets flipped to mission, identity, relationship, rather than starting with that relationship with Jesus. And I think that's kind of just pointing to what you're you're saying. Yeah, I just wrote it down on a receipt here in my car. I love that. REM is... I, IPF, I think everyone should get to go to IPF. What do you think, Father? I think everyone... Gets <laughs> I totally to like agree. <laughs> IPF. Every time priests talk about it, I'm like, I want that. I'm jealous. That's so great. Holy jealousy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Father. You nailed it. I mean, I think that's 100% right. This our identity is not in what we do, but who we are. And that's really hard for a lot of Americans because they don't like who they are. And so mm-hmm. they seek out more of what I can do. And then this, like, hamster on the wheel just makes everybody sick. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're dizzy, you're, you're nauseous, you're, you're getting off the wheel going, that is not helping. And I think that we as Christians, it's, I mean, the Catholic Church has all the answers. It's just, you know, it's like sitting at the well and drinking from it. You know, it's like, man, I, we seem to look in every other direction and then go, oh, maybe it's over here, you know? And I love, I love walking through people with conversion. They see it, you know, and they, I start blinking neon green and you're like, yes, come to the well with me, right? Yeah, I think speaking about conversion will tie in next um, really well with, what we're going to speak about next, which is this course and this book that you worked on, Why We Believe. And so I think we'll be getting into that shortly. Yep, we're going to take a quick break, Sarah. And um, when we come back, we're going to have you tell us a little bit of, about your book, about Why We Believe. Stay with us with Sarah Swafford. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
If there is a merciful God, how can he allow such suffering? I'm Father Chris Alar. God took his greatest risk in giving you his greatest gift, free will. He risks that you may choose not to love him and to hurt your neighbor. But even then, God wants to bring a greater good out of evil. There is no worse evil than a creature nailing his creator to a tree. Yet God brought a greater good from it, your redemption. God doesn't want you to suffer, but he allows it. Why? Because your suffering can also be redemptive when you share in the cross of Christ. It is not easy, but when you learn how, it changes everything. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Yeah, I've been listening to Catholic Radio, starting out in Seattle, uh, Sacred Heart Radio. Had a had a long commute, and you know, searching through the stations, kind of came up upon Catholic Radio, and you know, people were asking a lot of questions that I had, and I was able to kind of passively listen to all the different responses and ponder those, and kind of carry on a conversation with the radio in my car, and and then proceed to look things up further as I as I learned about it. So, so I have a lot of favorites. Um, did a lot for me in my life, and continues to. Um, really like Catholic Answers and all the uh, different themed hours they have where people can call in and ask virtually anything, um, like Crest in the Afternoon, getting that uh, Catholic perspective um, on the on the news for the day and all that's going on, um, you know, and I, I could go on and on uh, like all the programs. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We are having a great conversation with Sarah Swafford. I'm Karen Slonsky along with Father Logan Obergewicz. We are here at the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota. Sunny, beautiful day here today. No snow yet in North Dakota, September 1st. <laughs> I think that would be a record if we had something like that, but I, thankfully we don't. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Sarah, for staying with us. And we just have a lot of good information on perfectionism. Um, she has a book out that um, is entitled Why We Believe. But we just wanted to visit with you a little bit about the effects of social media on perfectionism. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that actually drove me to write my book, Emotional Virtue, when I wrote that a few years back, was just this, man, so much can affect, um, just like the way we, like we talked about earlier, the way we see ourselves, the way we see others, the way that um, it's so easy, I think, with social media to let it really play with your emotions. You know, I, I always joke that sometimes, you know, we turn to social media or we turn to our phones when we're feeling, like, down or we just want something to distract us or we're like something's happening in our life that just doesn't seem, you know, cool enough or important enough. It's like, I'm going to turn to my phone. And then you're, like, scrolling and swiping, and you're there for a while watching, and then you put your phone down, and you're like, well, I kind of feel a little more worthless than I did before I picked it up, you know? And you're just like, mm-hmm. what? You know, and I'm not anti-phone. I'm not anti-social media. I think I always ask and, and you know, pray to St. Paul to, like, tell me what you, what the heck you would have done with this thing. You know what I mean? All of these great evangelists, I think, would have said, we've got to use this. This beautiful little thing that is not going away, 
um, we have to use it for good. And I think that the hard part is just that check on our own lives where it's like, how am I letting this affect me? How am I letting this affect my mind, my soul, my spirit? How am I letting this really affect my emotions? Well, how does this affect my relationship with God, you know, positive or negative? And it's really hard because I think everybody, you know, that is on social media could say easily say both. You know, it, it just really messes with us. It's, sometimes I'm just so uplifted and I'm like, man, I wouldn't know about these things happening if I wasn't on social media. And then other times I feel like I want to flush my phone down the toilet. You know what yeah. I mean? So I just feel like it's kind of a, I love Dave Ramsey, you know, the, the financial guru. And he always has this thing like, if you don't control your money, your money will control you. And I always say that's the same thing with emotions. If you don't control your emotions and harness them and train them and direct them and have control over them, then they will control you. And I think cell phones go right into that same category. Like if you don't control your phone, it will control you. If you don't put boundaries on it, if you don't look at it and say, I'm not going to let you define how I see myself. You know, we're, I know we're going to talk about beauty and just, I mean, that's one of the things where our world has a lot of ideas about what is beautiful. And when we start looking at social media, I always, you know, forewarn, caution everyone. So many images on social media have been airbrushed, digitally altered, messed with. You know, I mean, there's, it's kind of hard to believe. You, sometimes you can't really trust what's real. And I just really think we need to almost give ourselves a little holy cut talk before we pick up our phones. You know, I, I have the Divine Mercy image on my, you know, on my phone so that the minute I pick up my phone, I see him. And it's like that instant is like, Lord, like, help me to see all of what I'm about to see through your eyes, you know, and don't let it affect me in a way that's going to let the devil poke into those wounds. You know, we were talking earlier about this, its effect on young people, I think, is, is very real because, again, we're they're still forming their identity of who they think they are. And our Lord just gets drowned out so many times. And that relationship with him can be distracted and you know we spend so much time on our phones yet we can't spend you know a holy half an hour or a holy 15 minutes with our lord you know and i just think it's a great check for us to go i love this thing but it's not going to control my life and i don't want it to dictate how i feel about myself and when it starts when it starts to creep in you know um, i always tell people my young adults i say ask the i, I came up with a thing called what it's w-a-t if you start to feel worthless anxious or tempted because of your phone, put the phone down and step back and ask why. Like, if you feel what, like, what the heck is what I say. What the heck? If it's making you feel worthless, anxious, or tempted, just put your phone down and ask why and let the Lord speak truth into that place. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, we can brainlessly and mindlessly continue to scroll and feel worse about ourselves. And that worthlessness or that I'm not, I don't look like this, I don't have this, even sometimes when you follow good, holy accounts, you're like, Man, I have I don't have my rosary in yet. I don't. Man, I didn't know it was that feast day today. Like you start to feel bogged down by everything you're not doing or everything that you're not. Just put that phone down and step back and let the Lord really speak a truth into your life. And don't let that phone mess with you. And that's so true. I I just hope that all our listeners are really listening to that because I think um, you know the world is struggling with things like that right now. So mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So Sarah, just to get into an Ascension Press product. Um, can you tell us about this course and book, Why We Believe? How did it come about, and what is the goal of it? Yeah, so it's really beautiful. Thank you so much for asking. I, you know, I've been with um, Ascension for years now. They just do phenomenal work, and they put out phenomenal studies. But this one in particular was very, very dear to their heart. 
And they tried, we actually have been talking about this for years, and they've been working on it. My husband and Dr., um, well, they call him Dr. Italy, Marceline. I don't know if you guys know Marcelino. Has Marcelino been on with you guys, D'Ambrosio? He's so wonderful. Um, he actually, and my husband, wrote a book called What We Believe, The Beauty of the Catholic Faith. And it was kind of been in the works even pre-COVID. And so it's cool how the Holy Spirit is just, he's always weaving beautiful things together without us even knowing what's around the corner. Amen. So he was weaving this book together, and then we wanted to go. They, they wanted an aspect, like you just said, Father, of beauty. I mean, Father Barron says it all the time. Bishop Barron says it all the time. Like, beauty will save the world. You know, it's this aspect of life. Mm-hmm. We want people to have the intellectual head knowledge. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Shree when I was um, in college was, he said, we have to know the truth and love the good. Know the truth and love the good. And as Catholics, I mean, it's just so beautiful. We just have so many riches and so much of our faith is it's just saturated in truth and goodness and beauty. And sometimes it's hard, I think, for a lot of people because it's like, well, what do Catholics believe? And you almost get overwhelmed with the question because it's just so rich, but it's also so daunting. And so they wrote this book called What We Believe, The Beauty of the Catholic Faith. And just, you kind of wanted to say, what would be a great, like, you know, DVD study, you know, videos that could go along with it? And we all just kept, our mind just kept going back to Rome. (laughs) And so what we decided to do was, we took a whole film crew, 10, we, there was about 13 of us over in Rome, and we actually filmed, we went through the whole creed through the churches in Rome. So we took different churches, and we went through them, and it was it was stunning. I mean, this, the film crew we had with us was um, this big, you know, like, secular film crew that is very well-known. They were working with George Clooney the week before they were working with us, okay. and they were mostly unchurched. Some of these camera guys weren't Catholic, and... We had to stop filming a few times because they were just so overwhelmed and just so taken in by the beauty of the churches and what we were saying. And we had so many amazing talks late into the night over in Rome about about what we believe as Catholics. And so this study is really geared towards pretty much anyone. I mean, if you are a faithful Catholic and you just want to go deeper into, like, why we believe what we believe, this is an amazing study for you. But we also did it in a way that you can hand this to maybe your son or daughter that you know, maybe has left the church or has different issues with the church or is really wrestling with some of um, the problems in the church right now. And it really goes back to the bare bones, like, what do we believe? And we're sitting there in Rome with incorruptible saints, praying over, I mean, one of the films, one of the films, um, one of the sessions, we actually got special permission to film down in the prison cell that St. Peter and St. Paul shared when they were both in prison in Rome together. And we filmed from there. And it was just so amazing to be able to walk people almost on a pilgrimage with us into the heart of the church. And, I mean, the sacraments, the Eucharist, Our Lady, these amazing saints that gave their lives so, I mean, just so beautifully for our church. And the, and the whole question is, why? Like, why did they give their lives? Like, you don't go, you don't, no one dies for something that they believe to be a lie. Amen? So, like, the yeah. resurrection, early church, the sacraments, like, we have Christians all over the world being martyred right now for their belief in the creed. And we have Americans that are like, yeah, I think I'd rather just watch it on TV. I don't really care. Like, it's just, you know, it's like going, like getting people back to church, getting people back in love with our Lord, that personal relationship with Christ. What does that mean to you? Because I think our world, I mean, our world is not, it's not, they're not going to be easily sold. It's like, they want to know why. Like, why should I care? And I get, I get really fired up about it because, you know, it's like, what does the church give us? And the answer is everything. You know, I mean, the answer is everything. And yet it's so hard, I think, sometimes for all of us to articulate that, because 
it's not just about apologetics, and it's not just about sitting down with the catechism, you know, reading somebody line by line of the catechism. Like, this study actually goes hand in glove with what Father Mike's about to do with a catechism in a year. And it's just so beautiful because Father, Father Mike, we had so many conversations about that years ago. Um, we've been talking about Bible in a year and catechism in a year as friends for years. And it's like, man, the Lord's going to know when it's right, you know? And then all of a sudden COVID hits and Father has this free time and COVID hits and we get access to some of these churches that we wouldn't have been able to have access with if we didn't have COVID going on. And then COVID hits and the devil thinks that he's going to like mess with us and we do this great jiu-jitsu move and we're like, haha, sucker, actually, we're about to come after you with all this beauty and all this truth and all this goodness. So it's just really, it's a beautiful program and I hope people check it out. The other nice thing is Ascension made it possible for the book, the workbook, the online DVD courses, and the whole catechism chart all for $27.99. And the reason why they did that is because they really want people who maybe maybe aren't even interested in the church to stumble upon it and go, I really want to dig into this. And they want young people to be able to dig into it. It's a perfect RCIA program. They wanted churches to be able to afford it. So I'm really, I'm really blessed to be a part of it. I'm proud of it. I'm really excited for people to get their hands on it. And it just came out a couple weeks ago. So I'm excited for your listeners to check it out. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So is it on the Ascension Press uh, website that they go, or where, where yeah. do you recommend? Okay. Yes, ascensionpress.com has all of that information and Father Mike's Catechism in a Year coming up. And there's a lot of neat studies there and a lot of ways for people to dig into their faith. And I always tell people, if you want something to grow in your life, feed it. If you want something to die in your life, starve it. And one of the best ways to feed your faith is to know the truth and to love the good. And that's something that I've really seen with Ascension, especially Good books, good podcasts, good things to just fill up your social media feed to speak truth to your life. And um, I'm really excited for people to have all of this stuff. Yeah. So to our listeners, if you want to grow in your knowledge of the truth, love the good, and be drawn by beauty, maybe this is something that you should check into, what we believe, the beauty of the Catholic faith. And thank you so much, Sarah, for being with us today. We um, truly, truly appreciate you taking the time uh, you're right we could visit for another four hours but we will bring you back again to discuss more part two part three part four that's right i love it thank you so much please give my love to all of bismarck all of the great northern states all of you guys you guys do amazing work i love you guys i'm praying for you yes thank you so much appreciate it well stay with us yep you too sarah Stay with us here on Real Presence Live. We have a great um, next segment on Food for the Soul with Tammy Schaefer um, that will be here from Corpus Christi. Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 